Welcome to It's the ADHD Friendly Podcast, where we talk all things well-being, personal development, and living our best damn ADHD lives at home and at work. My name is Karen McGill. I'm a certified ADHD life coach, and I'm here to help you do life better. Hey, everyone. Happy Friday. This week, we're talking about emotional dysregulation, and I know that sounds like a wah-wah topic, but it's a really important one because I see this a lot in my clients who tend to freeze up and literally can't move forward because they put so much pressure on themselves to be perfect or reach some unreasonable expectations. I I see it so often in those of us with ADHD, and I will get into why that is and how it impacts us. But before I get into the podcast, I just want to share that I recorded this podcast on Tuesday of this week, and my intention for that day was to record the podcast slash video because it goes up on YouTube as well. And then I had a call with a mentor coach, and then I was going to immediately do another recording for next week, and then I was going to go out for date night with my husband. And I did the first recording, which you're about to hear, but then I jumped on the call with my mentor coach, and if I'm being honest, it just, it didn't go well. It didn't go poorly. It was a great conversation, but I got feedback that I wasn't expecting and I didn't like it. It's not like it was horrible feedback, but it wasn't positive feedback. And immediately my rejection sensitivity went from zero to 100. I couldn't even hear anything that my mentor coach said to me from that point on because I was so mired in the feedback that he gave me. And that was all I could hear. So I get off the phone and I'm not feeling great about the conversation we had and the feedback that I got, but I had this other video to record. So I got my camera out again and I got my setup done and I started to record and I just literally could not do it. I was frozen and there was no way that I was going to produce anything of value, much less make complete sentences. So I kind of packed it in for the day and ended up going out for dinner with my husband. I wasn't great company because <laughs> I was just ruminating on this kind of small piece of feedback that I got that I just really didn't appreciate. And it wasn't until 3 a.m. that morning when, you know, we rehash all of the things where I was able to take a step back and realize that oh, I was actually emotionally dysregulated from that call. And that is why I was in freeze mode and really couldn't do anything else for the rest of the day. So instead of me continuing to ruminate in that 3 a.m. self-conversation, I was actually able to step out of the situation and see that I was just emotionally dysregulated. And the, the reaction I had to the words and feedback that I got were probably an overreaction. And I say all of that because even though I'm going to walk through emotional dysregulation and provide some tools for managing it, what I realized just from that story I told you is that sometimes it's hard to even know that we are emotionally dysregulated. And I hadn't considered that until I actually had that call with my mentor. So the universe works in strange ways. And overall, I think the biggest takeaway is as ADHDers, we should always be practicing the art of not reacting in the moment, whether we're in a dysregulated mood or not. We always need to pause and, and take time to think about what we want to say next. And also one last thing, Shout out to the gal who wrote in and shared her struggle with me so vulnerably. 
today's podcast is based on a message that she sent to me. Obviously, it's anonymous. So if she's listening, I hope that she can get some value from it. I hope we can all take some value from it. And on that note, guys, let's roll to the podcast. Talk to you soon. If there's one thing that I have noticed in this community that people seem to respond well to, it's sharing the struggles about living with ADHD. And I am all about sharing struggles vulnerably once I figured them out. One thing you need to know about me, though, is that I am not somebody who likes to focus on the negative. There's a reason for that. As ADHDers, we struggle with emotional regulation. That is something that is a problem for us. When we're in the limbic area of our brain where our fight, flight, and freeze reactions are, we have a hard time accessing our prefrontal cortex. And as ADHDers, we already struggle with executive function, which is in the prefrontal cortex. So if we're in negative emotion like anger and fear, we are in our limbic center and we're not giving ourselves the best chance we can to be successful with follow through and focus and attention and getting things done and just being our best selves. So when I'm here on YouTube or in social media or on my podcast, I'm very intentional about how I wanna leave my audience. I don't wanna leave you in fear. I don't wanna leave you with this feeling of, ADHD being a disorder that there's just nothing you can do about. I always wanna bring you into positive emotion. So with that said, today I'm gonna to do something a little bit different. If you sign up for my Sunday setup, the very first email you will get from me is just basically a welcome email where I share a few of my most popular videos and podcasts where you can get started. And then I finish off that email by asking you, what are you struggling with right now? Because I want to know what my community is struggling with so I can serve them with hopefully helpful information that does leave them in positive emotion. And every once in a while, somebody responds to that email and tells me what's going on in their life right now. And I thought today, I would share some of those struggles with you. Obviously, I'm not gonna share anybody's name, but the struggles that they shared with me are, I believe, universal. And I think it'd be helpful for me to share them with you. So first of all, you can feel a little less alone and feel seen and that you alone are not struggling with this disorder. But then I wanna flip it around, reframe, and give you suggestions for how you can move forward with a more positive mindset about what's going on. So again, I don't wanna be Pollyanna here. I know this is a struggle because I deal with it too, but I've learned to compensate for it and that's why I'm here. So on that note, let's start with the struggles shared to me by my very precious readers. Thank you for doing this. Let's dive right into it. The challenge I'm currently facing is losing track of time, especially not arriving to work as early as I should be. It causes me a ton of anxiety. The harder I try, the worse it gets. I get really overwhelmed. I feel like I'm looked at as lazy or not mindful of others, as if I'm late for things on purpose. It's a struggle and I'm embarrassed by it. I'm an adult. Why can't I figure this out? I was diagnosed at the age of 38 with ADHD and I often feel like I failed at so many things. My house overwhelms me and I just can't get it in order. My husband doesn't seem to understand how hard this is for me and gets angry. He thinks I should just be able to do it. He doesn't understand why I struggle to wake up in the morning or why I have to have at least two alarms and snooze one of them twice. Before I married him, I had a routine to help me fall asleep and I had a routine to wake up. It didn't always work, but it was my routine and it helped me stay calm. I had to change so much of this to accommodate him when he moved in, and I've always just adapted or changed to make it easier for the other person. The most important beings in my life are my twin girls. I've put them first since the day I became pregnant. They're in my world. They are now in their second year of college. I find myself lost and feel as if I have no purpose anymore. 
So that's me in a nutshell. I feel like a failure in many ways as an adult, as a mom, as a daughter, and the list goes on. Oh, this one breaks my heart. And sadly, uh, I hear all of this a lot. So you are definitely not alone. And I know that there are people listening to this right now, nodding their head going, yep, I feel the same way. And there's a lot that I can say here, but uh, I wanna focus on a few things in particular. First of all, let's start with what I mentioned earlier about emotional regulation. When we are emotionally dysregulated, we're in the limbic area of the brain where it's fight, flight, or freeze. And the emotions associated with that area are anger and fear. I'm hearing a lot of anger and fear in what she wrote, anger towards herself and fear of what other people think. And how is that showing up for her? She says she's not arriving to work as early as she should and that causes her anxiety. And the harder she tries, the worse it gets because she feels so overwhelmed. What's happening here is that this is turning into a shame spiral where things don't go as planned. She ends up at work late and then she makes that mean something about herself, spirals into shame. She's in that limbic area, angry at herself. And guess what happens? She goes into fight, flight, or freeze. And when she's in that space, she's not able to access her prefrontal cortex, where her ability to be aware of and track time is. So when you're in that limbic area of the brain and your energy feels frenetic, right? You wake up, you're already late for work. What happens? You run into the kitchen and you try to get some coffee, but it ends up all over the floor. And now you're gonna be late because you need to clean that up because your husband's over here giving you that look. So now you're cleaning that up and you're behind schedule and you're still in this frenetic energy so you can't find things. And then you go into your closet and you don't know what to wear because you're in this self-anger mode. So everything feels wrong and it takes you forever to just get dressed and put yourself together and get out the door. And then you're rushed and you back out of the driveway and you scrape the car along the garbage cans. I know this because I've done this. And then you're mad at yourself even more. And then you get to work and you're still in that mode of fight, flight, or freeze, right? So all you're looking for is judgment and other people. There's an area of our brain called the reticular activating system. And that area of the brain is always taking in information from our environment to let us know what's going on so that we can respond accordingly. That system is always picking up on the loudest feedback, right? And the loudest feedback is usually what we perceive as negative feedback. So if we're rushing into work and we see this look on our boss's face, we believe that that's about us. And because we're five minutes late or 10 minutes late, and we start building more and more stories against ourselves, and that emotion of fear and anger just continues to build. So you can see how that starts to build a narrative around, I'm gonna get fired from my job. Why can't I do anything right? I'm always screwing up. And when you're in that space, it's really hard to make positive change. So what can this reader do? It starts with emotional regulation. And what I'm about to tell you sounds simple in theory, but I'm going to admit it can be challenging in execution. When you're in those moments of frenetic energy and the emotions running through your veins is fear and anger, and the reaction you're having is fight, flight, or freeze, the best thing that you can do for yourself in that moment is to pause, take a deep breath in, and then a longer breath out. Oh, even just doing that right now made me feel very chill. When you do that, take a couple of deep breaths. You automatically start to change the nature of your nervous system, moving out of the limbic brain and into the prefrontal cortex. I'm oversimplifying things, but this is literally how to get out of that frenetic space. Breathe. Ask yourself, how can I make things easier for myself in this moment? 
Maybe it's adjusting expectations. Maybe it's saying something self-soothing to yourself so that you're not like, ah, why am I always like this? And the reason why they're saying things like, I don't know why I do this, is because self-awareness is an executive function. So when you're not in your prefrontal cortex, when you're in the limbic area of the brain and your amygdala is popping off, you don't have access to your self-awareness. So you are somebody who's capable of self-awareness, but it starts with emotional regulation. And that is a really challenging thing to do in the moment. So if this gal was my client, I would ask her, how can she design her mornings so they are less frenetic and bring in a state of calmness as she mentioned she had had previously. So what I would wanna do is go back to what was her morning and nighttime routine before her husband showed up and what was it about that routine that worked for her and kept her in a state of calm? Because there's clues there. Now, obviously, I don't know what those routines are, but we would start there. And then we would look at, well, what does your life look like now? And how can you pull from what worked before into your current morning routine, including the people that you live with, so that we can bring in more of that calm? Because when we bring in more of the calm, we stay out of the limbic brain in the prefrontal cortex and everything goes so much smoother. Can you lay out your clothes the night before? Can you plan your breakfast the night before? And if you do need several alarms and different snooze buttons and that works for you, that is a-okay. There is nothing wrong with that. If you are a sound sleeper who requires an aggressive wake-up routine, that is what you need and you don't need to apologize to anybody else for it. So we would look at designing a morning routine that eliminates choices, eliminates any ambiguity that literally gets you out the door with as little effort as possible. Then when you're in your car and you're driving to work, how can we maintain that element of calm, whether or not you're showing up a few minutes late? What brings you calmness and joy? Is it an inspiring podcast? Is it classical music? What can you be listening to in your car that's going to calm your nervous system so by the time you walk through the door at work, your prefrontal cortex is online and you're ready to crush the day. Now, I know I've oversimplified that process, but coaching is about designing your life in such a way that it works for you and not against you so that you can access the areas of your brain you need to be a powerhouse in whatever it is you do. Now, let's come back to her story and address her home life. She says that she often feels like she's failing at so many things. Her house overwhelms her. Her husband doesn't seem to understand her. He gets angry with her because he thinks that she should just be able to do things. He doesn't understand why she struggles to get up in the morning. Even though prior to getting married to him, she seemed to have a way that worked for her. And then she goes on to say something that I think is very telling. I had to change much of this to accommodate him when he moved in. I have always just adapted or changed to make it easier for the other person. My question to you would be, how is that strategy working for you? I think as ADHDers, we can very often grow up to be people pleasers because as we're growing up, we get a lot more negative feedback. We're often being told we're too much. So we're always focusing on not being too much, not taking up too much space and accommodating for other people because we live with this narrative that there's something wrong with me, so I need to stay small and be normal so that other people will love me. So that's what I'm seeing here. I'm not going to address the dynamic between you and your husband because that's probably something that you would want to address in marital counseling. But what I do want to reflect back here is that this mode of accommodating for other people and disregarding your own needs 
is clearly not working for you. So my question to you is how can you start to put your own needs first? Your kiddos are in college. So that means this is a beautiful time for you to focus on yourself. And a great place to start with that is actually understanding what your needs are. I've got a needs assessment on my website that I will link below. It's free. I would invite you to start there. I also have assessments on figuring out what your strengths are and what your values are. Once you know your needs, strengths, and values, you can use that to help you design a life where not only are you no longer struggling, but that you're actually thriving it. It is possible, but it starts with knowing who you are, what you need to thrive, and then taking responsibility to get those needs met. The last thing I want to address is your feelings of overwhelm around your house and not being able to keep up with housework because that is clearly a very common struggle for folks with ADHD. And there's a lot of different reasons why that might be. And any solution that you were to design is going to start with, why does my house overwhelm me? Is there too much stuff in it? Is it not designed in a way that makes me feel calm? Am I getting enough help and support with housework? So if the issue is task initiation, then I would ask you, what makes you feel good? What gives you energy? Is there a certain style of music you should be listening to when you're doing housework? Or is there something you want to keep on the TV that would keep you occupied as you're folding laundry? Look for little ways and hacks to keep yourself entertained as you're doing housework if task initiation is a struggle for you because housework can be boring for some people. Now, there might be other reasons why housework overwhelms you. If you feel overwhelmed because your home always seems to be messy, it might be that you have unrealistic expectations about what you can get done to manage your home and your job, in which case you might wanna ask your husband to help you since he has an emotional reaction when the house doesn't look the way he wants it to. Or if this is just an area where you feel completely blocked, what area of your finances can you rejigger in order to bring in a housekeeper? I know that bringing in help can sound out of reach for a lot of us, but this comes back to what do you value, right? Do you value being able to use your free time doing things other than housework? And what can you let go of in your life that maybe isn't as important that would free up the money to pay somebody else to do the things that you really struggle with? Once you can understand what is most important to you, what your values are and what your needs are, you are going to be in a better place to decide where you wanna put your energy. When you start getting intentional about where you put your energy, whatever that looks like for you, you're gonna start showing up a little bit differently in your life, a little bit more empowered. And when you're in that place of empowerment, as opposed to stress, then you're accessing your prefrontal cortex more often. You're able to show up in your life the way you want to. And that is going to have a ripple effect in a very positive way, as opposed to the stress and shame that you're dealing with right now, which is just making things worse and worse. So it starts with pausing, taking a few deep breaths and asking yourself, how can I make this easier for myself? Is this really important to me? Is this where I want to put my energy? And how can I start to design my life in such a way that it adds to my peace as opposed to my stress levels? The missing piece, however, is that we often don't know when we are emotionally dysregulated. So if there is one thing I want you to remember, it's try your best never to respond in the moment, but let your emotions cycle through and come back into a place where you can pause, breathe, and think about things more rationally and then move forward from that point. And how does this relate back to the gal who wrote in? Well, I suspect 
that when she wrote that, she was feeling a little bit emotionally dysregulated. She was probably hyper-focused on the things that were not working in her life and completely disregarding all of the good things that were going on because all she could think about was her identity as a failure or not living up to anybody's expectations. So the golden rule that I'm gonna leave you with here is that everything can seem a lot more manageable and reasonable and doable if you just give yourself a little bit of space to process your emotions. If you can't sleep on it, at least go outside and take a walk on it and do whatever you can to get into your body and out of your head I hope you thought this was helpful. And if you like this format where I respond to reader suggested content, then feel free to jump on my Sunday setup email where you will be prompted to send your struggles to me and maybe I can make a video or podcast out of that as well. So on that note, guys, thanks for watching as always, and I will see you in the next video. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. For links and resources for this podcast, please visit itsadhdfriendly.com or click the link in the show description. Please also be sure to subscribe so you get automatic updates when new shows are posted. And of course, please do leave us an ADHD-friendly review. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.